The beaches from Seafield to Joppa are regularly cleaned, but they're not as clean as at first sight. Like every shoreline from Shetland to Stranraer, they're polluted by pieces of plastic. Most of us may have seen the shocking images from programmes like Blue Planet without necessarily associating them with what we see at home. But it's just as serious a problem for Scotland as Julia found out on a trip to Western Ross. What she found on the Coya shoreline shocked her. It wasn't at all what she'd expected to find there. I was doing a course at Edinburgh University on marine algae and wanted to extend my knowledge and ability to identify different seaweeds. So I took a trip to the northwest coast of Scotland to be able to identify the difference between an egg rack and the saw rack and various different But that's species. a very different thing from plastic. <laughs> <laughs> it certainly is. So I camped late one night near this beach that I really wanted to visit, thought that would be a good place for seaweeds, and the next morning got up very early, walked onto the beach, and unfortunately couldn't actually see any rocks, so therefore no seaweed. The rock pools were obliterated because the whole beach was effectively smothered with just about every type of plastic that we see in our homes, on boats, on fishing keys. Everything was there, from toothbrushes to ropes to plastic trays. But you've also found quite a lot along the force. We can hear the sound of the sea in Joppa behind us, Mm -hmm. and you've actually found quite a lot even on the sands here. Yes, relatively, even though it's mechanically turned and cleaned and, you know, the council do the the bit here, uh, particularly at the east end of the beach against the sea defence walls, if you like. You will always get it there, but just walking along, even in the middle of the beach, last week I picked up, I think it was 15 cotton bud sticks, and the strapping that goes around boxes, and it was a fish box strapping, and also a lot of polystyrene, which is pretty serious because it breaks down and becomes the little beads. And because polystyrene floats, that is what the birds pick up and think it's fish eggs as well. So you've got the fish picking it up, you've got the birds, and then all the other creatures that feed off them. But what you want to do is to highlight this problem Mm -hmm. through art. I do, and I'm trying to do it, obviously, in a very different way. I have a background in sculpture, I'm an installation artist, and I try to see the material in different ways. So I'm trying to keep away from the high colour of our fun plastic buckets and spades, which is great, but we're using obviously using too much of it now, and I think everybody knows that, and especially the single-use plastics. So I tend to use similar coloured things or plastic that has been desaturated of colour, like the plastic rocks that you find in areas where people burn a lot of litter on beaches. And they're doing that, obviously, to manage the amount they have. So on the very beach that I'm talking about, I know there are places that people take the litter to burn it, just to reduce the volume. But, of course, that is an incredibly dangerous thing to do, not only to yourself it's got carcinogens in but also for the environment what it does is it melts and bonds into the sand and the seaweed I've got a huge piece that's like a negative of the seaweed and it gets rid of all those tiny habitats so it kind of obliterates 
the very things that particularly the shoreline project at the botanics is trying to promote like small habitats pools and things so those so i have dug down in shetland when i was working there where there is a lot of burning going on because the plastic is so deep and i can go down a meter and still find plastic that is between the stones and the pebbles and it's still very hard to convince people not to do it because they've got so much of this this plastic flying and of around. course now scientists have even described a scientific name yeah. for this material so this material the when it's melted and obviously it becomes a liquid it bonds with rocks sand twigs and they've named it plastic glomerate so it's got a kind of geological name I've used this, the pieces, the thousands and thousands of pieces that I've picked up in Shetland and on the northwest coast to create two big pieces of work. So it has kind of, for me, great significance. You know, people come to it and because it looks like a rock, you can encourage them to have a discussion as to what it is. It's much warmer than a piece of stone, but it looks just like a piece of stone. And so whatever beach it's on, it picks up the same colour rock, sand, so again, it gets disguised. So I can usually tell, one, what type of plastic has been burned and also possibly where it's come from. But the thing is, as you say, it looks like rock, mm. but it doesn't feel like no. rock, does it? It, no. feel, it feels almost sort of slightly tacky in the hand. Mm. And it's warm, it's light, and so it's a great piece of educational material to get across. Even when we think the beach is clean, that's why I'm saying, you know, you can't really tell. On Cramond, I found some and I found it on Portobello. You can find it on just about every beach. And, of course, you mentioned a few min- moments ago the fact that you'd picked up cotton bug sticks mm-hmm. and you're actually <laughs> using that to produce sculptures. Yes, I am making a series of cubes and my next phase of my work is to actually use five different particular litter items to make cubes from. The litter items are obviously to do with what is common on a particular stretch of coastline. So I am going to be working in Dunbar and Eyemouth. And in Dunbar, I'm going to be making the cubes probably mostly out of plastic bottles, but also cotton bud sticks, because I have a number of beach cleaning groups that are actually saving the cotton bud sticks along the Firth of Four, of which there are probably hundreds of thousands. Just this week, I have collected 200 and something between Seafields and Joppa. And that's with cleaning. I mean, the groups here who go out cleaning, and individuals, there are so many individuals who are just go out without any group and just keep picking it up. And because of Blue Planet, you keep seeing more and more people with their bags and they go and they collect, which is absolutely fantastic. But, but it's still there. Yeah, it's still there. And it will be there for so long. That's the problem. So, the message that you're trying to convey through your art is what? Well, this particular part of my work, this new phase where I'm going to be making cubes in different locations around Scotland next year, the idea is that I make them in very public places, people can join in. I'm asking people to collect things like the cotton bud sticks, the bottles, and up north they're doing muscle pegs and strapping And then I will either weave them in or sew them together to make these cubes. And then I'm going to get people to weigh them with me. So, you know, I'll have scales with me. I want to show that each different material that gets discarded and used once is lost to the economy 
so that this particular cube that is seven centimetres cubed is actually worth nearly 0.4 of a litre of petrol. So I want to make that calculation. Scientists have put different polymers, assigned them different values. And the idea is it's called the embodied energy of a particular type of plastic. There is a value that you can work out as long as you have the weight. So I want to use sculpture to show the volume and then do the calculations so people can see the value in terms of petrol. And the embodied energy is all the energy it's taken to mine the oil or the gas, to produce the plastic, to transport the plastic, to manufacture the plastic. So everything to do with it. So it has this huge value, but it's just discarded and it's sitting on a beach. So our beaches are worth millions. <laughs> if only we could get people to see that. If only we could get people to keep it in the economy by recycling. But you're also running a crowdfunding campaign now, aren't you? Yes, yes. For this particular body of work. My big thing is, whenever I do pieces of work, to engage people in the seeing of the making, as a lot of sculptors are. And I'm asking people to go on just giving to donate towards this but also for people to suggest places where they would like to see it and because I'm working along the Firth of Forth I will be working next year in Dynamic Earth they're very keen for me to be seen to be doing this but none of this is funded so as an individual artist I have to try and raise money so I will be approaching Creative Scotland for it but you have to have seed money I'm searching to try and raise £2,000 so that I can then kickstart the whole funding process off because it would take quite a lot of money to go around Scotland and do this. <laughs> it sounds like being an artist is a lot more challenging than just creating the work. It is. You have to wear many hats. And when you actually get down to the making, relatively it's quite a small part, but it's the best bit. And I think what is so fantastic about sculpture is that people can walk around it, pick it up, lift it, especially when it's like this, and totally feel it, just like plastic rocks. So that's a way of drawing people into the issue, I hope. As part of this project, Julia will be working with schools and community groups to create a series of sculptures based on the plastic found on the shoreline in several areas around the country. As she explained, however, she needs help to raise the money, which will convince the funding bodies like Creative Scotland to support her. It's part of the arts funding process now. You need money to get money. Details of her Just Giving page are on the Porty Podcast Facebook page.